1: What is going on everybody welcome back to the uh post post game show apologies for not being around last night but we are back and uh what would have been nice to come back to a win right but unfortunately we can't have nice things the lakers fall to the to the Minnesota Timberwolves 118 to 111 this is the show where we dive into all the advanced analytics, the X's and O's, break down what went wrong, what happened, and we also dive into the uh, the, the upcoming matchup as well. Very often we, we take a look ahead at the upcoming opponent. The Lakers' next game will be against the Oklahoma City Thunders. So, yeah, uh, any Super Chats that are submitted, is a guaranteed way to get your question answered live on the show. I will read any Super Chats that we get tonight. Um, let's take a look at the box score here first for the Lakers, uh, for the Lakers tonight. D'Lo got to go in late, but just a really, really rough first half or beginning to the game for D'Angelo Russell. Ends up with 17 points, eight assists, four steals. He, I mean, four turnovers, excuse me, he did have two steals and three blocks somehow. Or the three blocks is really more of the surprising part. I don't really recall where the three blocks came from. Shot seven for 19, two for six from three. Torian Prince continuing his, for the most part, pretty hot shooting over the past month or so. 14 points, five boards. Shot four, four, perfect from three. Rui Hachimura welcome back. He had a really scary fall, I want to say, in the fourth quarter. Maybe it was uh, end of the third quarter. Um, but, you know, glad he's all right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he had 18 points, five rebounds. Tor- uh, I already said Torian Camresh, eight points two assist, and Anthony Davis, I mean, once again, man, like just what an incredible performance. What a run he's on in the month of December, and we could actually maybe even recheck this. But when I had checked in the uh first half or late in the first half, maybe it was close to the halftime, Anthony Davis was shooting. I don't think they've updated the stats yet, but Anthony Davis for the month, not including tonight's game is shooting forty three point five percent on mid-range jumpers. He's been phenomenal. This is a you know big improvement compared to what we saw from a d in the uh, in the month of November where per Mike trudell, uh, Anthony Davis, and there's the the sound panel, uh, Anthony Davis tonight hit more jump shots than he did, which is this is a absurd stat. But Anthony Davis tonight hit more jump shots than he did in the entire month of November tonight. Just an insane performance from Anthony Davis, and he continues to play well. Austin Reeves off the bench. Uh, really solidifying that he's probably the third best player on this team. He's done such a good job recently of getting back to what he did really, really well last season, which is getting to the free throw line. He's also been pretty automatic from the mid-range area recently. 7-14 to shooting, 20.7 boards, 5 assists. Uh, really quick one. Check out some of AD's numbers now after tonight's game. I mean, he's—I uh, don't want to jinx anything, but man, he's—he's he's getting back. He's getting back to what he was, man. Um, Anthony Davis tonight or on this season? Now this is the regular season. Um, Anthony Davis is shooting thirty-seven and a half percent from the field. Uh, excuse me, 37.5% on mid-range jumpers for Anthony Davis. And then on the season on pull-up jumpers, so uh, jumpers from the mid-range area off the dribble, 35%. So Anthony Davis is, I'm going to zoom in a little bit more now so you guys can see this a little bit better. AD is really, really starting to get going. Um, on the offensive end, in terms of the jumper, this is kind of what I, what I was expecting when people were saying all, all preseason long and the, the reports coming out were, were oh, my God, you know, Anthony Davis, the jumpers back, um, the, the jumpers back. This is like prime A.D. or whatever, because some of the shots, excuse me, some of the shots that Anthony Davis was hitting tonight were absolutely insane. And, and I mean, yeah, I mean, great stuff. Great stuff, A.D. And he continues to be this great guy, this great just offensive engine now to where now we are getting back to the point because the shot's coming back where the ISO attack is awesome now. The post-up stuff all year. Anthony Davis, as a post player, you look at points per possession, right? So really quickly, in terms of possessions per game, in terms of how many scoring possessions they have out of post-ups, Anthony Davis has the fourth most scoring possession. So, meaning Anthony Davis has a made shot, a missed shot, a foul, or a turnover. That is Anthony Davis, right? Not anybody else. This isn't pass out stuff, right? So, Anthony Davis is trying to score, essentially. Made shot, missed shot, foul, turnover. And let's filter this out to, uh, I think 100 might be too much. So, let's do 50. 50 possessions. right. So, now the number, there's only... There's only 27 players in the NBA that have had at least 50 post-up possessions, so you're getting the best of the best right here, right? And even if we dropped it to like 40, so the number's now 32. Let's see where we can, okay, bronze on here now, Bronze on here now. In points per possession, Anthony Davis this season is the sixth best post player in the NBA in terms of scoring, uh, in terms of points per possession, it's. Kristaps Porzingis, it's Carl Anthony Towns, it's Jalen Brown, it's Jason Tatum, it's Tobias Harris, and then it's, and it's Anthony Davis, right? But uh, I think we're going to filter this back out to 50, because I think these are all bigs now. Filter this back out. Anthony Davis, ah, no, Tatum still winds up here. But it's Christoph's Cat, Tatum, Tobias, 80. like... Just great stuff, man. AD has been phenomenal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like his shot quality is great. If you look at uh, like synergies shot making data in terms of you know points above points per, points per shot attempts above expectation, Anthony Davis is fifth in that category as well. If you look at um, let's see what what other stuff can we can we pull up here? I mean, like. This guy's a freak, essentially, right? Uh, Scoring. Let's see. Effective field goal percentage. 80's fourth. If you look at, yeah. So, Anthony Davis has been phenomenal. And he continues to impress. Austin Reeves, him being back, has been so huge. I want to say in the month of December, Austin Reeves this shoot is averaging 20-plus points per game and around five assists on pretty efficient shooting. I mean, if you look at Austin now, Austin, there was a point for for the OG post-post game show people. There was a point this season where Austin Reeves was really, really struggling, right? Where Austin Reeves was really, really struggling, and this number was not that high, right? Where Austin Reeves, in terms of points per possession, right, was, I don't know, around 0.8 or whatever. But the Lakers continue to trust Austin, right, in terms of ball screens in the entire league. Austin averages around 12. No, I don't want that. Hold on one sec. Trying to find uh, the possessions. There we go. No way Austin only has 12. Hold on one sec while we wait, wait for the uh, data to load. There we go. Anyway, but l- l- like I was saying, there, there was a, a point in time in the season, right, where, where Austin's offensive attack just wasn't there, right? Just wasn't there. Now you go to, to you know, like I said, Austin Reeves ball screen. So we can filter this part out to 100. So you got the top 90 players, top 91 f- players in terms of pick-and-roll offense in the entire league, right? Austin Reeves, out of the top 91 players or whatever, is 47th now. So the Lakers have three top 50 players in terms of ball screen offense. LeBron at 44. D'Lo is actually still a top 25 pick-and-roll player in the NBA in terms of offense driven off of D'Angelo Russell ball screen attack. So you got three top 50 dudes. Let's go. That is something to be optimistic about. Um, Chat, how are we feeling about tonight's loss? How frustrated are we? How frustrated are we? I will say this. The Lakers, I'm, I'm very curious. And really, really fast. I'm saying D'Lo is a top 50 pick and roll ball handler in terms of Offense created by D'Angelo Russell via a shot attempt for himself or his teammates. Not saying Delo's is necessarily a top 50 player. Uh, Not bad game. Not a bad game. Good effort. Not even mad. Yeah, I feel like normally I, I'm like really, really mad or something like that after a loss. I'm not that mad right now. I'm not. If uh, they had just completely no-showed, maybe I'm a little bit more pissed off. But, like, right now, I'm not really that mad. Um, were there some stuff short? Sure. I thought the Lakers were a little too careless with the ball tonight. I thought they really could have done a, done a better job taking care of the ball, prioritizing the ball, not having 17 turnovers. I thought that was a bit ridiculous. I liked the zone up until it became a, like, consecutive possession thing. Right, when the Lakers kept going to it, then that was what I was like, eh, okay, I've kind of had enough of it. Now, granted, they only gave a Minnesota scored over a point per possession in the half court against the Lakers' man defense, right? But in, against their zone defense, the late, the Timberwolves only scored .727 points per possession on 11 attempts, right? And the Lakers only went zone in the second half, right? And to Give this definitely some benefit of the doubt. If you only want to filter out quarters one, two, and three, since the uh, Lakers were a lot more man defensive base in those three quarters, the Timberwolves were scoring again. Like I said, one point one zero eight points per possession against man to man. So the the zone the, the zone worked for. It's job or whatever, right, for the few possessions. I like the Lakers when they do it more sporadically just to you know give a different look or whatever. I don't really appreciate it when they go. I think it was the, the Spurs game where they ran zone basically the entire game. Um, the Lakers on the season, though, aren't that great at it in terms of points per possession, right? The Lakers run zone at the fifth highest frequency in the NBA just behind the Jazz. The Heat, the Jazz and the Heat are the only teams to run it at least 10% of the time. Jazz, Heat, Nets, Sixers, Lakers. The Lakers, in terms of points for possession off of their zone, are bottom 10. Now, granted, like, some of these teams don't run it at all, really. Charlotte will run it, but... um, Yeah. So, this is probably a positive... This is a positive night for the Lakers in terms of their zone, but... Just not good enough. Not good enough to get the job done tonight. Play type data here for the Lakers. We can filter back out the entire game now. A pretty, you know, efficient night. The Lakers' transition defense was awesome tonight. .882 points per possession allowed in transition. Great job by the Lakers. Uh, The post-up attack was awesome. The Lakers ran 53 ball screens tonight. 53 ball screens when they hit the roll man, 1.167 points per possession. Insane efficiency there. When the Timberwolves played the ball screens more straight up, likely talking about a drop coverage there. The Lakers picked it apart at pretty decent efficiency there. Um Yeah. He scored 111 points. That should be enough for you. Right. How did Torian Prince do? Torian Prince was pretty good. Four for four from three. Five or six from the field, I believe. Um, I thought he competed, had, to, had some, some had some good effort. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was fine. The chat's kind of upset at D.Lo. Have you guys seen D.Lo's uh, post game comment? If you did, you guys are that is probably like the one thing I am pretty irritated about is what D.Lo said in the post game, referring to his defense for anybody that doesn't know. <sighs> um, and I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase here. As a matter of fact, I'm going to see if I can find the tweet where it has or uh, where, where it's at. Let me see if I can find it here. One sec. Yeah. D-Lo postgame says, this is talking about his defense. That's where I try to be better, but that's not what I do. Like, like, bro, bro. That's where I try to be better, but that's not what I do. Oh, man. I mean, like. I, I'm a guy that likes D'Lo. I do, and as a matter of fact, because I, I, I imagine, I imagine this is what this is what the D'Lo stands are saying right now, right? So, uh, you know, here he didn't say nothing wrong, sure, right? Historically speaking, yes, the Russell is not a good defender. But that is an insane thing to say in a post-game press conference after a loss, especially given the fact that you said recently, as recent as like two months ago, that you want to be like Derek White defensively, right? Or like you want to be a guy that, that that wants to to be better defensively, right? So historically speaking, yes, that is a factually correct statement, right? It's not what you do. But given the fact that you said you're trying to be, like, a really good defender, like, two months ago, and the fact that you said th- – that's just an insane thing to say in a post-game presser in which you lose. And and it would have been a fine statement if he had said, that's where I try to be better. I'll find some other avenues to to improve on. Or something like – He he literally – I'm gonna reread it again. I'm gonna pause at the at the the sentence break. All right. I'm gonna find it one more time. I, I lost it for a, a quick sec. Let me see if I can very quickly find okay. That's where I try to be better. But that's not what I do. Literally erase those last six words, and this is a pretty this is a okay statement, right? Yep, get better or whatever, move on, say or something like. Coach is talking, you know. I'm I'm just gonna have to, uh, I'm just gonna have to, you know, try try to find a way to get better in the film room or something, right? Pull a Darvin Ham right there, right? I, I'm not saying that in the presser. That is insane. Again, I'm a defender of D'Lo, but like like imagine Austin coming in there after the game and saying, you know. You know, the, you know, the, the, the guys are, you know, uh, what was the game? What's the game? Uh, was it, how did we last play? Minnesota, Chicago. Who's before Chicago? There was a loss. They just switch hunted us the entire fourth quarter. The Knicks. Okay, cool. If D'Lo comes into the, into the, uh, not D'Lo, Austin comes into the presser and says, man, uh, Jalen Brunson kept switch hunting me. You know, I try defensively, but that's just not what I do. You know how silly Austin Reeves looks in that moment? And you kind of look, I don't ever like to say this, right? But I'm am I'm a refrain from what I'm gonna, well, I was going to say, but you don't, you're making yourself look like a worse basketball player. I'm not going to lie. Like that's, you make yourself look worse too. Like there is nothing good about what Dilo said there. You make yourself look worse because now if I'm an opposing team, okay, cool. D'Lo has no confidence whatsoever in his defensive ability. None whatsoever. Cool. Attack him, attack him, attack him. I mean, teams are probably going to do it anyway, right? But you just look even goofier for saying that. Like, come on. Again, man, just not the right thing to say in that moment. Just can't afford to say that right there. Sheesh, man. Chat. At, let's uh, let's get some questions in the chat here. Let, let, let's see which how you guys are feeling after tonight's game. We are going to uh, in, in, a, in a second. After we get to some of your questions and comments. We're going to uh, the, we're gonna get to the we're going to get to the the game preview for the Thunder matchup on Saturday. The Lakers are traveling to OKC. They to get tomorrow off, and then they get uh, they get OKC. So it doesn't get any easier. Does not get any easier coming up. Can we get rid of Hayes, Wood, and D'Lo? For who? I mean, yes, you can. I think all three are trade eligible right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, who are you getting back in return? And I highly doubt that you're going to be able to do it right now. I think everybody's prices is, is way too high right now. I mean, you look at you look at what the Jazz even uh, – the, what the Jazz were even doing, right? With the Laurie Marketing situation, they said, hey, look, we want five first-round picks. Well, no. Everybody's going to say no to that because that's just absurd. But you're allowed to be absurd because it's December 22nd here on the East Coast, right? So Caruso and DeRozan, yeah, I, I, I'm starting to face the grim reality that you're probably not getting Alex Caruso. I doubt it, right? It'd be nice. It'd be nice, but you can definitely kiss Caruso and Levine out the window, but Caruso and DeRozan, I still feel like it's unlikely. It can't be traded. The only player that cannot be traded on the roster is Jerry Vanderbilt. That's the only player that, like, literally cannot be traded. And Bando is because of the uh, contract where he got the extension at, the timing of it. Sean, would if you could pick one, who do you prefer, AC or DeRozan? Uh, I think we all know who the better player is, but I think I'd probably go Alex Caruso. I think I'd probably go like Alex Caruso right there. Uh, I would even consider going to D'Antoni, Rivers, or Stotts over Ham. Ham is that bad. I I, I don't think this is the night where I'm personally saying Ham's that that bad, or like this bad or whatever, right? But I mean, I'm not gonna necessarily argue against it necessarily, right? Um. Yeah, I mean that's reasonable i mean as long look my only problem when we start talking about like firing darvin is when the the people that are saying fire darvin are the ones that are saying hey look go get mike Budenholzer. like what <laughs> we do know that darvin ham coached under mike Budenholzer, right so you're getting darvin ham the original version right like come on come on uh sean what about these packages Gafford and Kuzma from from the Wizards, or Bogdan and Capella from the Hawks, a shooter and a big man. I think you might have a better shot of getting Gafford to like Kispert or Gafford and. Uh, let me check. Uh, we'll check out the team later, but yeah, I I just don't think you'll be able to get Kuz. I don't know how is gonna deal with this trade deadline. I think something has to happen. Uh, Sean, any chance we get Donovan Mitchell? If it's there, I think you pull it. If Dom and Mitchell is gone now, uh, uh, if, if we're talking about now, I, I think Dom's going to get him now or in the summer. Now or in the summer. Oh, man. Let's see what else we have here. Gaffer and Tyus? Eh. I won't question Mike B. That person can coach offense, Sean. You need to relax, LOL. I mean, it's pretty easy when you you can, you know, you have a top two player on the planet. You have an elite, at the time, a high-level half-court shot creator and shooters galore around you. Like, it's not that hard to coach an offense. And... With all due respect, right? That offense equated to one championship. One championship where it could have been more, right? And and in countless playoff series, he's got completely outcoached. So he's a fine coach, sure. But like we're talking about Budenholzer. We're talking about fire Darwin to go get Budenholzer. So I'm like, yeah, bro. Like. that that makes no sense. The only way the the only way the Lakers fire Darvin and get a new head coach is if they promote from within. They're not firing Darvin Ham to go get Terry Stotts or to go get Doc Rivers because that is such an insanely tough task to install a completely new Scheme offensively and defensively in the middle of the season. That's not happening. Now they can fire Darvin and promote Phil Handy, fire Darvin and promote Chris Gent. That's possible, right? But they're not firing Darvin to go get a completely different head coach like Doc or Terry Stotts or I've heard Kenny atkinson's name just tossed around like aimlessly, right? Mark Jackson, never mind. Go get Mike Boonholzer. like and we have no assistance hell no oh huh
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: So what has what Darwin's scheme done? Oh, I don't know. Uh, developed a top five defense last season, which also helped you get to the Western Conference Finals. That's very much so what is done. And the Lakers offense is really even not, not even that bad. It's actually improved, and it's really because the shootings finally got back up to par, or starting to get up back up to speed. So did Vogel. That doesn't move me. Okay, cool. That doesn't move you, but I'm answering a question about the defense, about the uh, what scheme. And that's literally what the scheme did. And Polinka doesn't coach. Polinka gave him the roster to coach. Sure. And you still have to put the guys. Uh, why am I answering these questions? Anyway, let's see where the Lakers are at. Well, screw it. Let, let, let's get to the uh, let's get to the Thunder game. Let's get to the Thunder game. All right, let's get to the Thunder game. Offensive rating: The Thunder are the seventh best offense in the NBA. Defensive rating: The Thunder are the third best defense in the NBA. They got one of the best coaches in the NBA, in my opinion, probably top five or six coach. And Mark Daigneault, he's awesome. Uh, even if you look at effective field goal percentage, the Thunder are actually better. They're fourth in effective field goal percentage. They're third in true shooting percentage. So this is a really, really good team, right? That is a really, really, really good team. Uh, Really, really quick. Mixmaster, do you think the Lakers regret low-balling Ty Lue in 2019? Absolutely. I've been saying that for like – I knew it then. I knew it then. They should have just hired Ty. Anywho, right? This is a really, really good team. You go to four factors data really quickly. Free throw rate: The Thunder are the Lakers are actually back up to sixth now in free throw rate. The Thunder are eleventh in free throw rate. Turnover percentage: This is the fourth best team in the NBA in terms of turnover percentage. So they are not really going to turn the ball over. Lakers are nineteenth in that category. Offensive rebounding percentage: The Thunder are third worst. Okay, there we go. Thank you. All right. Thank you for not being a good uh, offensive rebounding team. The Thunder are the third best team in terms of uh, opponent effective field goal rate. The Thunder are the Thunder are the twentieth, so they're a bottom ten team in the NBA in terms of opponent free throw rate. So they are liable to to to, to foul uh, opponent turnover rate. This is the number one team in terms of turnover percentage, right? So they're going to force a bunch of turnovers and offensive rebounding rate. This is the second. Excuse me, this is the second worst defensive rebounding team in the NBA, right? So you're you're gonna be able to get second chance opportunities because of offensive rebounds. You gotta limit the turnovers, you gotta get the free throw line. So that's at face value what some of the data is saying. Right. Let's take a look at the Thunder, some of the Thunder's key offensive scoring uh actions. Some of their play type stuff like that, right? The Thunder, in terms of transition offense. I'm sorry, eleventh worst. Apologies. The late, uh, the Thunder in terms of transition offense are so the third best transition offense in the NBA in terms of efficiency, and they are getting out in transition at the second highest rate. So they're going to play fast, right? Second best team in terms of of uh, usage and third best team in terms of efficiency, elite transition team, right? But the thing is, right when they get in the half court. They're also going to execute their butts off. They are the sixth best half-court offense in terms of points per possession uh, in the half-court. And again, it's a man, I mean, you you can't zone this team. I, I I would understand any reason why to zone this. This Thunder team really doesn't make that much sense anymore to ever zone them. Uh, Max, like Choco said, Max could play this game. Uh, they're going to score a ton out of ball screens. Obviously ISO they're one of the more frequently used isolation teams in the NBA, right? They're in the 77th percentile in terms of isolation offense. So there's the seventh, uh, seventh ranked team in the NBA in terms of isolation usage. One of only eight teams in the NBA to use ISO offense in, at a 10% clip in terms of the three most important, you know, uh, Offensive scoring attacks. Uh, let's see ball screen, ball screen offense. It's going to be a lot of SGA. Gotta get some Jalen Williams too. So that's something you definitely got to keep your eye out for. Chet on some inverted screen actions is kind of filthy. I'm not gonna lie. And then ISO stuff, SGA against some Jalen Williams. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to some cleaning the glass data here. Let's uh let's go take a look at. let's start with their lineups. Start with their lineups. Where's OKC. OKC is right here. OKC's number one lineup this season is they're starting five which is which is already racked up 578 possessions. Sga Jalen Williams Lou Dort Josh Giddy, Chet, but this lineup has actually kind of struggled to score. It's one of the worst scoring lineups. It's in the twenty third percentile for their scoring in the offensively rather their second most used lineup, which might be the lineup they start uh, coming up on. And actually, let, let's really quickly let's just take Josh Giddy off the floor, right? I just I think he's hurting them where he's helping them right now. I think that's what the data shows too, right here. So when we take Josh Giddy off the floor, this is a way better basketball team. <laughs> Again, they're still not that good of a rebounding team. They're uh, 32.6% opponent or, or just in this point, defensive rebound percentage, right? So, but the number one, the top lineup here SGA, Jalen Williams, Isaiah Joe, Lou Dort, Chet Holmgren. Uh, number two, we got to add in, yeah, that, that, that's going to be, that's going to be the starting lineup is a plus 47.6, uh, point differential, 149.2 points per 100 possession defensively, 101.6 points per 100 possessions allowed, right? This, that lineup, which might be the starting lineup coming up is going to rake. That is an elite unit right there. Uh, let's see where they game, the shots at, they're actually not even shooting a bunch of threes. They're 23rd in the NBA in terms of frequency of threes, not including keys. So we're going to take a bunch of they or top 10 in terms of, uh, you know, a, fit, uh, frequency of mid range jumpers taken. And then they are 12th in terms of shots, attempts taken at the rim, a very even split 34, 33, 33. In terms of rim, mid-range, and then uh, threes, right? But when you turn this thing up, you go look at the accuracy and the efficiency. Third best three-point shooting team in the NBA. Sixth best corner shooting team in the NBA. Sixth best mid-range shooting team in the NBA. This team is actually fairly, literally average in the NBA in terms of, you know, field goal percentage at the rim. So, you got to run these dudes off the three-point line, essentially, right? Like, you just cannot afford for this team to just blitz you from the perimeter. Got to send these guys to the rim. This is the fifth best transition offense. Uh I mean, I, we already looked at that. It's perfectly in the glass. Defensively, right? The Thunder give up a bunch of threes. They give up a bunch of threes, but they do a really good job for, of limiting – shot attempts at the rim. They're they're like taking, they're taking away the mid-range. They want you to shoot the 3. That's a bit interesting. Like they're the best team in the NBA in terms of defending the mid-range, top 5 team in terms of defending the rim. I mean, they're good at defending the 3, but that's a bit weird how they give up the 3 and I mean, kudos to them I suppose, right? Uh transition defense. This is the best, we're going to say the best here. They are the Overall, they're second best, but still, like, they are an elite transition defense. It's probably one of the reasons why they're such a good half-court offense, right? Let me excuse me. Yeah, yeah, that's probably one of the reasons why they're, sorry, such an elite transition defense, right? It's because the, I mean, half-court defense or just defensive generals because their transition defense is elite. Uh, If you look at the entire league, let's see. put the entire league here shooting I want to see here Off defense frequency yeah the thunder are giving up a ton of now they're not huh they gave up a bunch of corner threes too which is really really interesting like a bunch of corner threes that's that's uh that that's good to know it's pretty good to know just what I really anticipated that uh, the only team that is better than the Thunder. Oh, well, yeah, well, nobody there. Only team that's better than the Thunder in transition is the Rockets. The Rockets are the best transition defense. So the Thunder do such a great job of dominating transition offense, dominating transition defense. So some keys to the game here right now with without even watching any tape yet. Uh, biggest key. You gotta take care of the ball against this team, right? You cannot give this team any extra possessions. Same reason why you gotta hold this team to one shot. They're not a good offensive rebounding team, but you just gotta hold this team to one shot. You have to defend the three point line. Gotta defend the three point line uh in this game. You gotta hit some shots too. You gotta hit some 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 shots from three. Um, you gotta guard SGA, Bando, Cam Reg, This is a game for you. If they want to run Isaiah Joe off of, of a billion screens, Max Christie, this is a game for you. Um, try to get Chet into some foul trouble. I think that's possible, too. And let's go. Let's go. Chat, any other questions before we get out of here? Otherwise, we're going to wind down for the evening. Still at around 1,300 people strong here. Appreciate you guys for tuning into to post post-game show. Let's see what we got here before we wind down for the evening. Uh, Gabe Vincent stealing money. Gabe Vincent should be back on Saturday. I, I would anticipate the Lakers be back at fully at full strength Saturday. No, don't know about uh, Jalen Hudepino, but all the other guys should be ready to go. LeBron should be playing, and Gabe Vincent should be back on Saturday, and then you play again on Tuesday. Uh, sorry, Monday, Monday, Christmas Day, excuse me. Chat, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you all so so much for d- listening to the Lake post. game show. I've been your host, Sean Davis. Make sure you guys like the uh hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. If you're over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is in the podcast, please get, please give us a five-star rating and reviews. The easiest way to help out the show. Till next time, stay safe. Go lake show. Peace out, everybody. Good night.